under your name, Lord. Lord, the powerful name of Jesus, the life-changing Savior. And Lord, today, our prayer is, Lord, that you would be glorified in this place. And Lord, as I speak this morning, I ask, Lord, that you would encourage people today. Lord, maybe you would help guide maybe somebody and just the way to go. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you would be Lord, so tangibly present here in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we missed last Sunday. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? Being away from church. Well, I was actually, Dave and I and about 20 of our um, neighbours were shoveling snow for about three hours to try and make our way and make a track down a Ponty Pool housing estate. And I have to say, I paid for it for about four days. I came into the office and every time I moved, I groaned and I was really unfit. So anyway, I had a workout this week, so I've made sure I've eaten plenty of chocolate and treats to make up for it because, you know, that's what you've got to do when you do a workout. You've got to eat those kind of things to replace the calories but you know just as um like Dave said this morning and uh, when Dave asked me to minister I was like Lord what do you want me to say today what would you like me to encourage your people with and I was just reminded really of something that the Lord showed me in my life many years ago and probably from a child and he said "Faith, speak to them about the power of their words and I said, okay. And I just started thinking about words. You know, in the English dictionary currently, there is over 171,000 words that are used in the Oxford Dictionary. About 49,000 words are currently obsolete. And that's just in our language. Imagine the countless number of words that there are being spoken, being written about throughout the world at this very moment. And you know, because we use words to communicate, sometimes I think it's easy for us to not even think about what we say. You know, words can be used to paint a picture. Words can be used to take you into a different world. You know, people through books that they read, reading the words on those pages can take you into a whole new place. You know, words can, words can be used to build up and words can be used to tear down. Words can be used to evoke emotion. And you know, our words have the ability to make a difference in people's lives. You know, and today I just want us to simply look at not what the world has to say about our words, but about what the word has to say about our words. You know, because the Bible says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Bible says not to conform to the way that the world does things, but like I said, be transformed through the renewing of our mind. And I think reality is we spend one hour in church every week. About another 164 hours of our week are spent outside of the church world and in the world in which we live, being in school or in college, be it in the workplace, wherever we are. And you know, the reality is if you were to look at things in a, on a percentage basis, there's not a whole lot of believers, there's not a whole lot of Christ followers possibly in the world in which we live. And so today, I just want us to take our thoughts 
to what the word has to say about our words. Because our words actually frame the world in which we live in. And we can take that and trace that back all the way to the beginning in Genesis. You know, what happened? How was the world created? Well, God said, let there be light. And there was light. You know, God spoke the world into existence. God, through the power of his words, spoke things into existence. And you may say, yeah, but that's God. I'm not God. How does that relate to me with my words? Well, there's a scripture in the Bible, and I want us to look at it, and it's found in Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, and it says this, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. So here the Bible clearly directs that not only is there power in the spoken word that God has spoken, but we can trace this directly to ourselves. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When was the last time you examined, I examined the words that I spoke? When was the last time that I really thought about what I said? You know, because we say so many words, and we know it's statistically proven that women say even more words than men, but you know, if we look at the words that we say, we say a lot of stuff, but each word counts. Do we speak drivel? Do we just speak drivel? Listen to what the Bible has to say about some things to do with our words. Proverbs 21, 23 says this, watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you have. Sometimes we say things, we message things, we post things, we converse with people, we phone people, and we say things. Sometimes we say things that we don't even mean. Sometimes we say things because we're angry. Well, listen to this. In James 1, 19 to 20, it says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. You know, sometimes what I am is I'm quick to speak and slow to listen, and sometimes the words in which I speak perhaps are charged with a bit of emotion. And if I was to take myself away from that emotion, I may not say the things that I said. You know, let me tell you something else that it says. Proverbs 15, 28 says this, lovers of God think before they speak, but the careless blurt out 
wicked worms. Worms. (laughs) Sorry, they don't spit out wicked worms. They spit out wicked words meant to cause harm. You know, Psalm 141 verse says, 3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips to keep me from speaking thoughtlessly. In one translation, it almost describes it like a fortress door. It's like sometimes our mouths need restraining because we're not great at restraining them. You know, another scripture says this, Ephesians 4.29 And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But let, instead, let your words become beautiful gifts to encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. I'm going to repeat that scripture. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts to encourage others, do this by speaking words of grace to help them. You know, as I was growing up, I never spent a lot of time with girls in school. (laughs) Do you know why? Because it was easier hanging out with boys. Because A, they talk less, and like, they just, I, I can see why. Do you know what? Girls can cause a lot of problems for themselves. And they're attitude and they're this, and they're comparing, and they're this and that. And it was stressful. And I just thought, I'm just going to hang out with the boys. They're easy. We play football. I'll watch them from the sidelines. I don't have to get into the arguments. I don't have to get into the emotional turmoil. And one minute you're my friend, and then you're not. And then she said this, and then she said that. What is the point? You know, sometimes we have to guard ourselves from the conversations we choose to listen and be involved in. And I remember for me, I was just like, I cannot deal with the hassle of all of this stuff. Because the reality is, the word of God has to direct us. It doesn't come natural. If it came natural for us to be able to tame our mouths, the Bible wouldn't have to talk about it. If it was natural for us to speak well of one another and to one another, the Bible wouldn't have anything to say on it because we'd be doing it. But if you look through scripture, the scripture, there's so much that talks about refrain your mouths from evil. Don't do this. Let me tell you something else it says in Proverbs 15, 4. It says this, when you speak healing words, you offer other fruit from the tree of life. But unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush hopes. Healthy, unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush hopes. If you're one that does this all the time and talks, Proverbs 10, 19 says this. If you keep talking, it won't be long before you say something really wrong. Prove your whys from the start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. Imagine that the Bible says the more you talk, the more options you've got to get yourselves into problems. That's why it says, like I said earlier, it says actually be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because this is just a wonderful little tool of getting ourselves into a whole lot of mess. 
Proverbs 12, 18 to 19. This really hit me when I read this. And actually, my favorite version of the Bible this week is the Passion Translation. So if you're wondering where I'm getting these scriptures from, it's from the Passion Translation, a lot of the translation that I'm using today. But pro and you can get it on new version if you're like, oh. Do I have to buy a new Bible? Yes, you can buy a new Bible, but if you download version or another kind of app, you can just flick around with all the versions, which is what I love to do. But Proverbs 12, 18 to 19 says this. Now, this really hit me. Reckless words are like the thrust of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt. But the words of the wise soothe and heal. Reckless words are like the thrust of a sword. I imagine if any of us were to ask today and say, would you, would you be violent to one another? Would you stab somebody? We'd be like, no, of course we wouldn't do that. We'd never want to intent, like, you know, go out to cause destruction for somebody. Well, it's not always a physical sword that causes destruction. It's this little thing. This little thing has the ability to stab and to cause hurt and to cause pain and to cause division and to break down things that were meant to be wholesome and holy. And it has the ability to leave somebody flat on the floor feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's nothing left in me. Our words have the ability to absolutely crush and do you know what? Left to our own devices, that's exactly what happens. In James, you'll be familiar with it. James 3, 1 to 12 says this. For if, I am reading from the New Living Translation now, but it says, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. Who would think this little thing it's not the most prominent thing in the body. It's not as long as an arm. It's not as wide as a head. But this little thing has the ability to absolutely ruin us. And it says, we can't make a large horse go wherever they, we want by means of a small... Oh, sorry, stop. It doesn't say that at all. It says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A little thing in its mouth and you hold the reins and you pull like this and the horse goes over there and you pull like that and the horse goes over there. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is such a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. You can, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord, and then sometimes it curses those who have been made in God's own image. And so blessing and cursing pour out of the same mouth. But surely, brothers and sisters, that is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and then a grapevine produce figs? No. 
and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. You know, the Bible there clearly shows us our tongue has the ability to cause chaos. And today, I really feel like the Lord wants us to understand the power of our words. Because our words create the world in which we live. Our words really do have the power to create our world. Because the Bible says, what a man sows, that he shall reap. If you're going to sow strife through our words, if we're going to say nasty things, if we're going to say things that aren't pleasant, if we're going to backstab our friend, if we're going to gossip about somebody, if we're going to say something that we know is a complete lie, how can we expect to walk the blessed life? We would be foolish to think that we can use our mouths to create chaos in the lives of others, and then we just walk around living the blessed life, happy, carefree. You know, sometimes we watch people, and you think, well, I've heard them say stuff, and their life seems okay. All I would say is the test of time. Sometimes you don't pull a harvest up from a word you've said for a while. Other times we can reap a harvest on the words that we say straight away. But for me, in my life, I just think, Lord, I know I'm going to stumble at this. The Bible clearly says I am because it says, you know, nobody can tame a tongue. But I'm like, Lord, I need to draw truth from your word here. And I have a choice to make. You know, when I was younger reading this kind of stuff, I really did have a choice to make. Oh, well, that's just the Bible. And if I do that, then I'm going to have my friends that are going to maybe push me back. But you know what? I remember thinking, that's what the Bible says, and that's what I want to do. Because actually, I really do want to live the life, the blessed life that the Bible talks about. You know, sometimes I think we feel disillusioned because our lives maybe aren't abundant. And sometimes, you know, the Bible talks about valleys and peaks, you know, so I'm not saying that we don't all go through stuff. I've been through stuff. But I think that it's unwise to criticize the word of God when we don't practice it. It's no good to say, oh, God's word ain't real. Well, do you do what it says in the word? Oh, no. You know, I think there comes a time for all of us where we have to say, do you know what? I've got to find out what it says because I want to live in the blessing of what it says. And I remember, for instance, for me, a defining moment in my life. I was in Canada in school. I remember this clearly. I was probably 11. And I remember being just about to go inside after um, we'd had lunch. And two girls came up to me and they said this, do you like yourself? And girls are, I mean, girls are brilliant in doing the whole eye roll. I'm sure if we got some of the youth up here now, they'd have, they could show you the hair flick and the eye roll and the attitude. And, but actually, they did the whole eye roll. Do you like yourself? What were they doing? What was their intent of what they were doing? Do you think they were saying that because they were about to give me some words of encouragement for my life? 
do you think they were saying that because they wanted to encourage me? No, things are brutal. People are brutal. Our hearts are deceitful. Without God transforming my life, without God dealing with me on a day-to-day basis, I'd hate to think left to my own devices where I would be. And you know, we're all works in progress, but you know, sin is sin. And we need to understand that we were all born into sin. We have a sinful nature. And yeah, we may have some good things that we do. But do you know, without, without actually saying, God, take charge and let me walk this life out, we are capable of doing a whole lot of nasty stuff to people. And you know, those girls, when they collared me, do you like my, yourself? They weren't doing that because they wanted to say, Faye, you're a great girl. No, they wanted to pull me down. And in that moment, I was like, what do I do? I can either answer them the way they want me to answer them, or I can answer them according to what I know. And so I stood there, not knowing how this thing was going to play out for the future. And I stood there, and I said, yes, I do like myself. And they were shocked. They went, what? I said, yes, I do like myself. And they said, well, why? I said, because the Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's why I like myself. And they just, 11-year-old kid. And they were like this. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, what do I do now? But I was like, no. At that moment, I could do what the girls wanted me to do. I could say, no, I don't like myself. Oh, I wish he was here. But I was like, no. And do you know what? I could only answer no because I knew what the Bible said about me. I could only answer no because I knew Jeremiah 9, 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a future and a hope. I knew that I could say, yes, I like myself because the Bible says that we are the workmanship in Christ Jesus designed to do good things. I know that I can say, yes, I like myself because God says yes. You know, so when we look at our lives, don't look at it through the funnel of what our generation tries to tell us. Because our generation, as when generations, the world over, the world gone by, our, the voice of the world does not come to edify, to encourage, to build up, because sin is sin. But what we can do, what we can lean and what we can rely on is the promises located in the word of God. And the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I've made a decision for me that I am going to frame my life through the words of life that are written in the pages of the Bible. And I'm not going to frame my life through the words penned by some kind of new gossip magazine or by some employer or by any Anybody else that may choose to say something because there's a whole lot of words being banded around but we just got to make a choice what words what words are we going to choose to live our lives by and it's really simple you know it's really simple in as much as there's lots the bible has to say about it the practice of it perhaps is not always as easy you know, just like I said, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied by the consequences of his words. The consequences of our words, that's what chooses how happy we're going to be in life. You know, I remember when Dave and I were newly married, we were listening to um, 
a tape series, well it wasn't, it was a CD series, just from a, um, a couple that were just preaching. And something a lady said on that CD really caught us both. And she'd been married for 35 years. And this is what she said. I'm not married today because of the things I said. She said, I am happily married today because of the things I haven't said. You know, in the heat of the moment, when you want to lash out, those little words, if you can just go, could be the things that could stop nailing a, a, a nail in the coffin of a marriage or a relationship. You know, that's why the Bible says reckless words are like thrusts of a sword. That's why it says if you keep on speaking, the, the more you just keep on speaking, you're going to fall. So sometimes we just got to learn to restrain this little baby and think, do you know what? Let's just stay silent. Let's not, we don't have to fight with um, our words. You know, sometimes something bad happens, but sometimes it's just, just don't say anything. Don't say anything. Take it to God. Pray about it. You know, emotion is a wild thing that can lead us to do a whole lot of stuff. I heard Ruth Graham, you know, Billy Graham just passed recently and is in heaven now rejoicing with Jesus. But I read once Ruth Graham's um, biography and just words of wisdom that has helped me. She said, never make, never talk, have an important decision late at night. Never do it. She said, because do you know what? She said, you're going to end up. If you, make the, if you choose to make a decision late at night, nine times out of ten, it's going to end up with people being a bit emotional and fraught. She said, because you've got to the end of the day, you're tired. Your emotions are drained. She said, just don't have those difficult conversations that sometimes need to happen late at night. She said, because normally you're not thinking clear. She said, just wait for a right time when you've, you've both slept. You're feeling strong. You're feeling strong emotionally. You haven't had the day to contend with and then have those important conversations. And do you know, it is so true. When I read that, I thought about the times when maybe Dave and I have had to make decisions and we've tried to do that late at night. And it's so true. I end up crying and I go, I can't do this. It's so difficult. And, la, la, la. and it's, it's not that it is. It's just that life's just happened in that night, in that day. And maybe like you're just tired emotionally tired strength and I just thought wow choosing the right time to say our words can actually really be a blessing in the decisions that we make so these are things that you know from the bible that you listen to people and how they instruct and I like thank you lord because I really need this for my life you know you look at God's words over us and all he says is precious promises his word to us is precious promises. You know, we don't read the Bible and hear, you are this, you are that, you are rubbish, you will never amount to nothing, this, this, this. God's word, which at the end of the day, if we are followers of Christ, who do we live our lives by? What word are we going to follow? Well, we're going to follow the word of God, the Bible. And so by following the Bible, we, we're saying, actually, this is the stuff that I believe now. You know, and listening to the word of God, I want to encourage you. Perhaps your life up to now 
has had a whole lot of words spoken over it. Perhaps you have been labeled by people. Maybe you have been told certain things. You'll never amount to anything. You are no good. Who do you think you are? Why are you dreaming like that? Maybe people have said things that have crushed you and they've been like stab wounds. And I understand the difficulty of that. But I want to encourage you today that those words aren't the things that you need to allow to frame your lives. They're just words of people. But God's word is truth. God's word is absolute. And if you want to cling to anyone's words, cling to the words of God. And you may say, Faye, you don't understand maybe what my self-esteem is like. You don't understand that I'm not feeling that great. It's okay for you to say, but I wasn't being brought up in a Christian house. I've got a whole lot of history, and I understand that. But also, I just want to encourage you. The more that you declare the promises of God into a situation in your life, the more that you declare them, it's wild what happens. Your thinking changes. Sometimes it's not overnight, but don't rehearse the curses that people have spoken to you. Don't rehearse in your mind the things that people have said to draw you down. But instead think, no, those are just words. But actually, God's word is this, and this is what I'm going to meditate on. Choose wisely how you meditate. You know, meditate is just you whirling things around. What are you going to whirl around in your head? What are you going to ponder on? What are you going to think about? Think about things that are good, true, pure, and holy. Well, I don't know. You know, people around me don't say good, true, pure, and holy things. I get it. But we don't need to meditate on those things. We can meditate on the word of God. And so I want to encourage you right now with just some scriptures. For some of you, you'll be really familiar with these scriptures. Perhaps for others of you, you'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. So, you know when you want to say, I can't? Well, the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, when you feel like you're lacking in something, Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, when you feel like you're fearing, well, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when you feel like you've got no faith and you lack it, well, this Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So you have got faith. God has dealt it to you. And we've just got to begin to declare the word of God. You know, when you feel like you're weak, well, Psalm 27 says this, the Lord is the strength of my life. You know, when he also says in Daniel's 11, Daniel 11, 32, the people that know their God shall do, be strong and do exploits. So when you feel weak, you can say, no, I know my God. And I am going to do it exploits. You know, when you feel like things are bearing down on you and you feel like the enemy is wreaking havoc in your life. Well, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, when you feel like you're about to be defeated, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, God shall always cause me to triumph in Christ Jesus. You know, when you feel like you're lacking wisdom, well, 1 Corinthians 1, 30 says, 
Christ Jesus has made unto me wisdom from God. You know, when you feel like sickness is bearing down on you, then you just got to declare according to Isaiah 53, 5, with his stripes, I am healed. Or Matthew 8, 17, that says he himself took my infirmities and he bore my sickness. You know, when you're worried and you feel frustrated and you think, does anyone care? Then you can pre- and you can say according to 1 Peter 5 verse 7, I will cast all my cares on him for he, he cares for me. And when you feel like you're in bondage, you can say according to 2 Corinthians 3 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not bondage, but liberty. When you feel condemned, you can say according to Romans 8 verse 1, there is now no, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When you feel like you're lonely, according to Matthew 28, 20, you can say, Jesus said this, lo, I am with you always, even until the end. And Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you feel as if the, you feel just but in bondage because of things, you feel like you've got bad luck. Galatians 3, 13 to 14 says, God has redeemed us from the curse of sin, being made cursed for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come onto the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. When you feel discontented by life, you can say according to Philippians 4 verse 11, I have learned in whatever state I am that I will be content. And you can say when you feel unworthy and you feel like you're on the ground, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made himself to be sin for us, even though he knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. That is a sample of the promises of God for our lives. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But here is the thing. We choose. The choice is ours. Perhaps you never knew that your words framed your world. Perhaps you never knew about the power of words in people's lives. Well, now I've told you. And now it's your choice, just like it's my choice to live this out. But all I would say is let's really think about what we're going to say. I want my words to choose life. Examine the content of our language. Examine the content of our conversations with ourselves and with one another. And you know, sometimes we've just got to stop the play button. Sometimes we've just got to stop the play button, the voice that goes around nagging and niggling us and just say, no, not doing it. I am not doing it. And I promise you, because God's word does not fail us. God's word is truth. I promise you that if we would really take stock of the words that we speak, and choose to use our words wisely, choose to use words like beautiful gifts to encourage, to choose to zip it. Sometimes when we think we may just be like a loose cannon, just think, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna hold back there. No need to say that. I promise you that if we follow the word of God in doing that, 
our lives will be fruitful because you can't reap what you haven't sown. If you choose to um, sow kindness and blessing and love and encouragement, that will become a harvest that you receive in your life. So right now, as I close tonight, today, you know, you may be in this place and you're like, wow, well, I didn't know the Bible had so much to say about my life. The Bible has loads to say and it's all good. You know, when you could be in here and you said, well, I'm not even a follower of Jesus, but actually I like those things that Jesus is teaching about. Well, it would be my privilege right now if you're in this place and you said, say, I didn't know that Jesus loved me and I didn't know that he wanted me. It would be my privilege to lead you in a prayer, similar to a prayer that I would have said, um, you know, many years ago when I was three. And it's really simple. That's what I love about Jesus. It's so simple. So if you just want to shut your eyes right now in this place, if you're here and you said, oh, Faye, I am just searching. I need to be pointed and directed to a life giver. Then let me pray with you right now. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. I need you to help me. I need you to help me through life. I know that I'm a sinner, done wrong things, but I want you to come in. And I want you to change my life. You know, if you're here right now and you said that prayer, if you want to lift up your hand in this moment, one of our team have got a Bible that we would love to give to you. You know, and if you're here and you thought, I never knew I would even be asked to pray a prayer like that today. And I don't know if I'm ready. I would just encourage you. Just keep coming back. And at the end of the service, we will have um, somebody standing with the Bible. It's our gift to you. We would love that you receive that. Bless you.